are live. Okay, so uh, Mike Mills with Verity Mortgage here. And this is the uh, Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast, number 51. A lot of these things I've been doing. You wouldn't believe that. But um, so today we're going to have a unique situation. We have a mother and daughter team showing up today. And we are going to chat a little bit about, um, you know, obviously real estate in general, kind of uh, how how they got to where they are today, what it's like working together, because that's always fun, whether you're mother and daughter, husband and wife, or whatever the case may be, there's always fun little things that come along with that. And then um, just in general, um, you know, what the market's doing today, where we're at, um, what we can look forward to, all that kind of fun stuff. So without further ado, let's welcome uh, Miss Erin and Zoe. All right. So now, Zoe, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, when I did my little promo for this thing, I was trying to get everything all set up. Um, I looked at your last name and I was like, there's no way. I'm not even going to try. So I'm going to try right now with you here Go so you it. can know that I intentionally know that I would screw it up. So Ben Arsdale. Oh, is that right? perfect. All right. Oh, yeah. Good for me. Okay. Wow. That never well, happens. The hard part is, is whenever I do the promos and I put them actually on, and if I get it wrong, there's no like yeah. taking it back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I just screwed it up. So I was like, I'll just say Zoe. And then when she yeah. gets here, I'll explain to her why I didn't say her last name. There. So, <laughs> we um, constantly well, are saying Zoe Kirsten because yeah. that's her middle name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, well, I appreciate done. both of y'all coming in um, and traveling over here. I know you had to come all the way from Pantigo. So, so far, <laughs> I know you came from Venus. So, um, so thanks for popping in here with me for just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I really want to, you know, y'all have a unique situation in that, um, you know, you've obviously Aaron, been in the business for quite a long time. Um, and Zoe, you're brand new to it. So there's a certain amount of, you know, mom's been doing this for a little while and we're going to show, you know, or help, help the daughter along the way. And I can just speak from having a daughter myself that, um, I don't know that I could do that simply because like I told you before, um, I've learned in the last five years that I'm pretty much the stupidest person on the planet. Right. So I'm pretty sure if I brought my daughter into my business, it would be worse. Now, granted, when they get a little older, I think the appreciation level changes some. So, um, so she let's has, start. She has quit a few times. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's on a daily basis. I think it yes. was there for a while. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It gets a little dicey for a minute, yeah. right? If there wasn't tears, then she was definitely quitting. Yeah. So Aaron, let's start with you. Mm -hmm. So um, how did you get into real estate to begin with? Because I always like to get everybody's backstory a little yep. bit. So we all know because we all come from different backgrounds, especially in this business, because, um, you know, there's so many different types of people. Um, how did you get into real estate? And then we'll get into kind of how Zoe kind of joined up with you after that. Yes. So I was graduating from UTA and had a, I was business marketing. Um, so you've been in Arlington your whole life? No. So I grew up in Southern California. Okay. I moved here um, in 95. So I only went to high school here. Gotcha. And really my negotiation back then was that I would just come to high school here and I was going to go back yes. for college. Everybody wants to go back to California. And um, yeah, I, well, and that's where all my obviously friends and family were, but um it didn't take long for, nope. for Texas to, um, get in your blood. Yep, it was in the blood real yes, quick. Yes. So, um, went to UTA and, uh, business degree, but a lot of marketing and a lot of finance, um, classes. My dad was finance director at Johnson and Johnson, like his entire professional career. Okay. Um, and I really always admired that. Like I loved, well, I used to go with him on the weekends up to the office when he would work. I'd love like the big building and like the cool big cafeteria. And the so corporate like, world. It was, I it was wanted cool. a corporate job. Yes. Like, I wanted a little briefcase <laughs> and he always worked. I think like the, well, so it was the Johnson and Johnson building off 360 and 20 that got torn down years ago. Okay. Um, and I think that one was only like two stories, but I was like, man, to work in like a high rise building, like so cool. Super cool. So that was like really what I wanted. So graduating from UTA, interviewing for a few different jobs. Um, 
And I actually applied for a listing coordinator position. Okay. Um, was being interviewed by Terry Franklin and um, Mandy Mahoney, her assistant at the time. And like maybe five minutes into the interview, she literally smacks the table and she's like, no, you are not going to be our listing coordinator. And I was like, this lady is so rude. <laughs> and this was only like my second like big girl interview where right. I was like, am I that terrible? Right. Um, so really what she was saying was you're not going to be like my listing coordinator right. but you're going to be my buyer's agent well i didn't know what a listing coordinator was i didn't know what a buyer's you agent needed was a job. i needed a job yes. i had a one and a half year old um and so i was ready to get to work right um and so she literally said go get your real estate license um and I registered like that next week and I went 14 days straight. It was like a four day class and then a three day Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Wow. So I did real estate courses in two weeks Jeez. and then just showed up like, what do I do? Let's do go. Do? Yes. Got yeah, it like done. I'm ready to sell, yeah. um, which I really didn't even know if I, that I was selling. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. It, uh, so this was 2003. Yeah, 2003. Well, real estate courses prepare you for what Nothing. a contract looks like. <laughs> yeah. And they prepare you for like legal stuff that you're never going to use, right. but they don't really prepare you for how to sell. Right. Yeah. And I, and a buyer's agent was such a new concept then. Terry right. was one of the very first mega teams in Arlington and she was just building it. Like I was her first buyer's agent. Um and so super awesome opportunity that I had no idea I was gifted with at the time. Yep. Um because I was her first. So I literally was her little puppy dog. We met at uh not Corner Bakery, uh Cracker Barrel. She oh, lived yeah. right there in Wimbledon. Okay, okay. So I would meet her, not to eat breakfast, no, um, to get in her Suburban, right. you know, the tiniest little lady in that big old Suburban. And um, I would just go with her everywhere she went. Yeah. Um, we would pick up clients. We would show a few homes. We would drop them back off back, back in the day when you would take clients in your car. Right, in your car. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Can you imagine we, that now, by the no, way? No, yeah. no. <laughs> um, we would go back to the office. She yep. would handwrite the contract. We would fax it to the, you know, customer to sign client to sign sometimes they'd come in we'd review it with them but that's like what i did for six months the 90s, um just follow her around yeah. um and then when she felt like i was ready i was past the pager okay oh oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i got the pager um uh, which, do you know what a pager is right like? do you can you explain <laughs> you really like for you real know. Okay, 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 okay so like doctors still have pagers <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean and i felt real important with that pager but yeah. all of her signs had the pager phone number and so any buyers and um in 2003 there was realtor.com that was the only uh like website to right. find property and it was two weeks behind so if you so were you really know. looking for property you were still driving around you were calling signs yeah um well, and they so, still had the, like the, the, the when they're like an mls fax that would come like once a day or something with like oh all yeah the, the hot, sheet. The right. hot right. sheet yes yeah, yeah. to us yes but not to customers, not to customers yeah no. and so they were still driving around that was like the method of finding your next home was right. drive the neighborhoods you like call the sign um and so the sign paged me and then I would return the call. And so you have um, to pull over to the pay phone. Right. Do you know what a pay phone is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that I did. I did have a cell phone. It was not a smartphone. No. We didn't have those no, yet. No, no. But um and so that was really for five years. I returned phone calls and showed and sold buyers only. So if you were one of those buyers and you had a home to sell, we had a listing specialist for you. Gotcha. Um so it was very specialized team. We had a marketing coordinator, um a listing coordinator, right. a closing coordinator. It was like compartmentalized. It was, yeah. which was an awesome way to learn it because I just had to learn my part. Right. And uh, with Terry's knowledge, I got really good at that. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, if she had a listing in Wimbledon, I had to see every home in Wimbledon. Like it was not an option. Oh, wow. Um, That's good. Yeah, which yeah. no one does. It. In fact, 
when I was explaining previewing to her a couple years ago, there was a couple of agents that were like previewing. What is that? And I'm like, what? yeah, I had an agent. I put preview on the um, showing, showing time, time and she's like, what is that? Yeah. I was like, They're like, they just don't do it anymore. <laughs> but I did that because, you know, the sign was in the yard until it closed. And right. so I would continue to get buyers that are like, hey, we're really looking for a four bedroom. Well, have you seen the one around the corner? Because that one's actually way better than this one was. Um, and that's how like I really learned yeah. to sell. Yeah. So I did that for five years, absolutely loved it, but just kind of got to the point where I wanted a little bit more. Um, so went out on my own. Um, Shannon, normal progression. Yeah. Real estate. Yep. Shannon Mulroy and I kind of formed a little team for a couple of years, um, mainly because we were both moms. Um, and that way, if I wasn't available, she was um, vice versa. We kind of helped yeah. each other out in that. Again, like awesome um, time for me. Um, and then I had Brayden, the market. <laughs> 2007, 2007, 8, yep, 9. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, if you think it's bad now, right? Mm -hmm. Live through that. Yes. Um, which that was real estate specific related to why everything came crashing down. So for sure. And nasty. I felt like I timed it really well because yeah. my like number one thing in life is just I wanted to be a mom. Uh -huh. um, and so I didn't even have to struggle no. with getting to decide if that was going <laughs> to be didn't have a choice. my option. Yes. Was um, so I got to spend the time that I wanted with Braden at home. I definitely still sold real estate, but not quite the numbers that I used to have. Yep. Um, and so in that period of time also, um, I started a transaction coordinating business, okay. Agent Muscle. I was trying to think the other oh day gosh. what it was called, Agent Muscle. Um, and so Chad and Dennis and all these KW agents that were really blowing up and building those teams uh -huh. didn't want to do the paperwork right. side of things. Of course. And so I was able Salespeople to never want to do, yeah, do paperwork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so did that for a few years, still sold. Um, and then really kind of once Braden got into school, I kind of had gave myself permission to kind of really get full back into it. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I had transitioned to a smaller brokerage, um, and was there for several years. And then just recently, um, kind of with Zoe coming on and just life changes, uh, started my own brokerage. So, so tell me how, cause uh, you know, when doing, a, I always try to look and do a little research for these things. So I have intelligent questions to ask, but, um, to explain to me how the collective living company works because, um, you're, you know, you're a, are you a broker actually? Like do you have your broker's license with them? Is that how that works? Yeah. So I have actually been a broker for, I want to say like three or four years. Oh, okay. So I got my license when I was at front gotcha. broker license gotcha. and, and truthfully, because we got a better deal. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you know, you have more education, um, less likely to be sued. Yes. You know, like all, yeah, all being a broker things. is not so, rosy. I mean, you're, no. you, you get and into so a lot of trouble. I never yeah. really, that was never on my radar at all. Um, and so it was, Amy had really encouraged me to do that. Um, and so I've had my broker's license for several years. And so I still do have it. However, I am still operating under um, just a Texas broker within gotcha. side. Gotcha. Yeah. So she, so you're, there's like a, a statewide broker that has all, but they don't really do anything. They're just holding the license essentially in the liability. For Correct. Right? Yes. So yeah. I'd, I'd be curious because you have a little bit on both sides of this. So understanding, because when agents get into the business, right, there's always a, you know, money's always a thing. I mean, it always is, right? So it is, well, what's my split? How much do I get? You know, how much do you get? And when you're new, depending on your point of view, you're okay with sharing your commissions because you don't know anything and you need help right. and you need mentors and you need people to show you the ropes, right? But then after you're in it for a little bit, then you're like, okay, well, I don't really need that anymore. I can kind of do my own thing. But 
I, I think agents don't understand the liability that comes along with being a broker. And they say, well, they just get to keep the money and they don't do anything. It's like, well, not really. Like there's there's actually quite a bit involved there. So so from your point of view on being a little bit on both sides and seeing that, like how would you talk to a new agent like your daughter um, and tell her like, you know, the, there is importance to this brokerage side of things. And, you know, I could do it, but I don't want to. And kind of here's why. Right, right. So that's actually a part of the reason that I did change years ago was when you are in such a large company, the broker isn't as accessible. Yes. Um, and so that that person is the one that goes down if things go down. Yes. And that's why I've always been like, no, thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My risk uh, level is real low. Right. Um, and so like Amy, for instance, at front, super accessible. And that's what I absolutely loved about that because they you know, there is more training involved. Yeah. Um, ENO, all of or not ENO. Um, what's our yearly classes we take? Not ENO, SEO, no, no, no. Yeah. CE, CE. Yeah, continuing <laughs> education. Yes. yes, yeah, that. There's yes. just a lot more involved yes. with the broker um, license, and so, um, like when when you do have a situation where lawsuit or I'm calling my attorney is involved, you have got to be able to access your yeah. broker. Yes. Um, and in companies that I've been in in the past, that hasn't always been easy. Yes. In fact, uh, Trek, I think just uh, changed their rule. I think it's two business days now or two like calendar days. Really? In fact, I'm not sure if it's been like officially voted on. I think that was like one of the things that's out there now uh -huh. is I, I think it's been like three, maybe four. That's just way too long when, I mean, if someone says they're going to see you. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. don't, you cannot sleep. No, no. <laughs> so, no. um, yeah. And that happens more than people realize because I think, you know, it gets lost in translation sometimes that when you buy a home, it's a very personal transaction. This, this isn't, this isn't a business transaction. This isn't my company buying another company or buying an office space. This is a, I am relocating my family from A to B. And if anything goes sideways in that, that I wasn't expecting to go, people don't generally just go, oh, well, no, I understand. That, right, that makes sense. Fine. Yes, no, yeah, it, it no, doesn't. that's not what happens. And, and so, unfortunately in our business, you know, stuff happens, yeah, you know, for, yeah. for lack of a better word. So, well, and that is why I wanted to educate myself and be able to answer some of those harder questions without yeah. going to someone else. But it is important, especially as a new, new agent, that is like one of the top five questions I have them ask when they're interviewing mm -hmm. is who's the broker and are they accessible? Right. Um, yeah, real important. So Zoe, how did, uh, after seeing your mom do this for so many years um, and seeing the emotional roller coasters that come mm -hmm. along with that, what, what was it that drew you into wanting to do this? Um, honestly, just her. Yeah. Um, in 2020, I moved back home from college. Where'd you and go to school? She was forced. Yeah, uh, UNT. Okay. Um, but oh, you were a COVID quarantine, college. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I moved back in with back in with mom, uh -huh. and um, she was just really busy at the time and needed some help with the paperwork side. Right, nobody <laughs> likes so, paperwork, right? Yep. So we did that for a little bit. Um, working at home together and living at home together mm -hmm. wasn't horrible. The best thing in the world. <laughs> Too much time together. I was um, like, I think you need to go back to college. Yeah. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So um, I moved out. I actually started getting my real estate license. Mm -hmm. um, we got a office right by her house. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did more of the, you know, showing, transaction coordinating, just learning more and more. Did like you have that. your license at that time or you were just? Mm -hmm. okay. I did end up yeah. getting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was doing the transaction coordinating part. And then when 
college just abruptly stopped and we mm -hmm. were at home with too many hours on our hands, I said, why don't you go ahead and get licensed? While you're here, yeah. Yeah, and I can really do a lot only, more with the license. Right, but it was really kind of also the paperwork person should be licensed yes. and they don't have to be in Texas. Yeah. Um, but just from risk reduction standpoint, yeah. like it just made sense to have her do that and it gave her something to do. Right. right. Um, mm -hmm. We all had way too much free time. And so that was really kind of the thought behind that. Mm -hmm. um, but then 21 hit mm -hmm. and you know, there was only one of me Yes, and, um, you know, 20 different homes to show in a day. And so then she kind of started, you know, just showing for me. And right. so it was like little by little. Yeah. Well, that's been added. the craziest thing about our business lately is that over the last five years, we've had it to where we went from a normal market. Let's, let's call it right in 2018, 2019, and then COVID hits and the brakes just get slammed on. Right. And everything stops. I mean, everything stops. And I mean, was it, it was a good, probably six months you say something like that um where everything just completely shut down and then once it opened it back up again and of course being in texas things opened up a little bit sooner for us than they did other places in the country um then it just went balls to the wall then it was right. just like right. full go everybody's mm -hmm. going and so you went from nothing to just insanely busy and then the market shifts rates jump up because inflation gets out of control and then the brakes get slammed on again mm -hmm. so it's like and that's where I want to hear your perspective on it because, you know, Aaron, I've been in the business long enough. We've seen these up and downs and you kind of know what they come. Now, I'd still say, I don't think we've ever, I can't say even in 2007 and eight, I mean, obviously there was the, the issues were related directly to real estate, but the stop and start to such extremes, and we've never gone through anything like this before. Like it's, it's completely a, a, a unique situation. So so from your point of view, getting into the business, right, and being brand new to it, and I'm sure mom's at home going crazy because she's like, oh, this is insane. Like, <laughs> how, did, how did that, yeah, yeah. like, how has that, how's that worked out for you so far? Like, just being in it and getting to deal with this all day long, was it what you expected? Um, no, not at all. Right. Um, just because the classes and everything, right. I, I was not prepared for this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but coming in at such a hard, busy time was, I think, really good. You know, it's frustrating to learn go, go, go. But at the end of the it's day, it's trial by fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but at the end of the day, like, I think I learned a lot more because of it. Yeah. Um, yeah you get a lot more information a lot quicker and you yeah. have to adapt because if you don't, then you get left behind and, you know, and then mom's yelling, I told you yeah. to do that. Why did you take right? care? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I wanted a lot more work, not this much work, right. but a lot right. more. Right. I'm like, go, go, go. Right. Yeah. So what's the dynamic now with you two as far as like how y'all are working? Are y'all working as a team or are you working individually? I mean, I know, you know, with the brokerage, there's uh, there's you two and Christina. Christina right? and Lanisa. And Lanisa, uh -huh. yeah. So yeah. Um, are y'all working together or y'all, how's, how's the dynamic working out? Yeah, so that's kind of like ever evolving too and kind of shifting as the market shifts. So she was doing a lot of showing um, last summer when, it, you know, well, and she's still showing quite a bit, but um really kind of more as a partnership. So anytime we have a buyer, new buyer come in, um, we do a buyer consultation and we right. do that together. We, I want them to be familiar with her and um, for her also to hear like their story and what they're looking to do. Um, so right now I tell people I am still Uber for Braden Mergen, um, <laughs> although he'll be 16 like so soon. Um, so really after three o'clock, if we're during baseball season, like I'm just unavailable to right, show. Right. And that's obviously prime time for people that's that work to look. look at homes. Yes. And so I really, I set that expectation from the very beginning. Like I am 
fully involved in the transaction, I just might not be able to actually open the door for you right. on every property. Right. Um, and so that's where like we'll create a group text and with the clients. And so when they find a property, it's in there and whoever can get to them first. Um, if we both can, we both do. But if it's in the evening, it's mostly her. And so um, I'm still negotiating and doing all of that. Now she does, she has been working some of her own buyers. Good. Yeah. 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 Um, well, your generation so, is the one buying houses now. They're yeah. right. They're, they're moving into that direction, except for the fact they're really expensive. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just got a really good deal uh, for some clients who want a new build. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Fun. Well, yeah. the, the, if there are deals to be had these yeah. days, that's it's where, there. that's mm -hmm. where they are. Um, so you brought up your buyer consultation, mm -hmm. consultation. So um, I always want people to be able to pick up stuff from this these conversations and learn things. So um, when you were talking to her about doing the buyer consultations, right? Tell, walk me through a little bit like what you do with a buyer, how you, what you feel like is most important in talking to them. And then if you were talking to a new agent, like your daughter, what you would say, Hey, look, if you're going to talk, make sure you mention this, make sure you bring up this, you know, expectations, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I always start by telling them I have this PowerPoint um, presentation so that I stay on point and remember to tell you all of the points because she will talk all day about it. All day about it. Um, and just ping, 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 ping yeah. all over the place. So it's kind of formal, but like very informal. It's just um, more to keep you on track. It's 100% yes. to keep me on so track. So you bring like your laptop, you open it yeah, up. Yeah. So we've got a gotcha. TV, we project to you. Um, kind of just a not funny backstory, but the, when we got our new office, uh -huh. um, like when we were working at home, we actually had a few clients come in cause you couldn't go to Starbucks. Right. And, yeah, yeah, and so me bad. and these, like at this point of my career, like most of my clients are my friends. Right. Um, and so we had them in the dining room and just sat and talked about like what their goals are and how we can help them. And, you know, here's kind of the plan. Yeah. Um, and so let, like getting this new office, I wanted it to feel like it, you were in my dining room. Right. And so that's literally, we kind of designed it. Yeah. We've oh, wow. my okay. dining room and okay. they actually kind of look the same. Um, <laughs> that's funny. And so we sit down at a table, you know, PowerPoint is up, but really the PowerPoint is every mistake that we've made either myself or a client in buying a home. Like right. we don't want you to make any mistakes in this process. It's so stressful as it is. We want to take all that stress out because really it should be so fun buying yes. a house. Every slide is a mistake. Every <laughs> slide is a mistake. Yes. Um, and so, you know, for instance, we have had a client go on and find a home on Zillow. Uh -huh. Zillow says the payment's 2,500. They're like, heck yes. We show them the home. We get under contract. They have spent, mm, at this time, it was probably only like maybe $200 in option fee. You know, they yep. put the earnest money. Then the lender sends them their actual payment, like $3,200. So then a super embarrassing for them. Sure. Cause they're like, Aaron, we can't actually afford this. I mean, yeah. they could, they were approved for that amount, sure. but they didn't know what that yes. boiled down to in payment. Right. right. And so we had to terminate. In fact, I think we even went through our inspection. Um, because you know, not all lenders are as great as my bills and yeah. provide that information from the get go. Yeah. And so it's actually something that it's on our list. We kind of make it sound like it's required, but, um, really try to get them to get pre-qualified with a preferred lender and yeah. all of those preferred lenders, you make sure that they know what that translates to, what that monthly payment is. Yeah. The sales price doesn't even matter these days. It's like, what no. is the monthly? Well, we've, we've coached the, the, the down or the unfortunate thing is, is that consumers have been coached by our industry, by 
lenders and not necessarily realtors as much, but lenders for sure is, you know, rates, 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 rates. Everybody's, you know, pay, what's the rate? What's the rate? What's the rate? I mean, I, I get so many phone calls every single week about, Hey, we don't want to talk to you about it. We just want to know the rate. I'm like, well, there's a lot that goes into that, but either right. way, right. At the end of the day, it's not the rate, it's the payment. How much of on a monthly basis are you in? And what's funny to me is people say, I don't care what the payment is. I just want to know what the rate is. I'm like, well, but those two things like <laughs> very much related to each other right. um, because ultimately, you know, and that's the biggest difference that's occurred in the last, you know, six to eight months of uh, doing this is that um, home prices have not come down. They've continued to go up and um, the crash has not occurred and interest rates have gone up. So payments have gone up a lot. And, you know, having people understand how much the rate impacts it, because, you know, depending on the size of the loan, you know, an eighth of a point on an interest rate, the difference between 6.875 and 7%, other than the fact that one has a seven in front and one has a six yeah. is 30 bucks. You know what I mean? Like it, obviously the loan size depends on that, but, but that, that mindset of, of all we care about is the rate and the price. It's like, well, all of those things factor into what's the most important part, which is your payment, because that's the thing that's going to be with you for the next however many years that you have this loan in this house. It's the one thing that truly dictates if, right. you, if this is your house or not. And, and the other side of it is, is that people get into a place where, you know, and I try to coach this with my team as well, is to not just give them a pay, explain what is a part of the payment and what you can change and what you can't. Because like, for example, if you're using an FHA loan, mortgage insurance, there's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. Once you know the size of the loan, you're doing FHA loan. That's what it is. Property taxes. Once you pick the house, it is what it is there. You can't change that number. There's homestead exemptions and well, we'll just put a homestead. Okay. Well, you'll save yourself 50 bucks. Right. Like it's not dramatic. It's right. Not helping. And then even insurance, homeowners insurance, maybe 25 or $30 a month. That's about all you can affect on that number. Unless it's a brand new home, right. Then you can get really cheap insurance, but guess what? In three years, it's going to be 200, $225 a month. Right. So then the only thing that you can really change of any significance sometimes is the principal and interest. Well, rates, aren't going to go from 7% to 5% overnight. So if someone gets pre-qualified a couple, you know, a week before they're looking or even a month, there's not going to be a dramatic shift. And like I said, the difference in an eighth of a point is maybe $30, $40, depending on the thing. And then even the down payment, like I coach people all the time about if I'm you, I don't put down any more money than I absolutely have to. Now today I might change that a little bit just because rates are so high. Um, but 10 grand right now, if you put down in your house, it's $65 a month. That's it. $10,000 saves you 65 bucks. So people think it's like a car. Well, if I just go in and I tweak this and I change that, I can lower my payment $300. Nope. You can't. The only way you can do that is to have a lot of cash or buy a different home. And right. that's an, uh, that's an, that's a, not an uncomfortable conversation, but it's a, it's a, it's a difficult conversation because as a lender, you end up kind of being the bad guy a little bit. And you're just saying, look, I'm not trying to burst your dreams of home ownership. I'm just saying that your expectation has to be in a good place. So that way, when you go shopping for houses, you know what you're looking for. Right. And we love you for being the bad guy. Right. <laughs> because then what happens is like these people, they were looking at a home that was 450. Yeah. Well, when they actually, you know, this is what we are comfortable spending monthly. That yeah. was closer to 350, 375. Well, now they've Very seen the 450. Do you think they're going to oh, be yes. happy at all with a 350? No. I mean, no. just miserable experience. Yes. Um, for them, and it been. could have been avoided. Yes. And so that's where, I mean, you know, since I've been in the business, it's like, make sure they get pre-qualified. Um, it's so much more than that now. Yeah. Um, and so we obviously only partner with lenders that sure. will take that time and go through, um, and, and give them, 
you know, all of the information, not just you're, you're pre-approved for 450. Cause they were, they yeah. were pre-approved for sure. 450. Yeah. They can afford it. I mean, uh, well, based on our, right. our ratios. Yeah, yeah. But they just a hundred percent could not. Correct. Um, and so that just, that benefited no one. Right. So, uh, we kind of went to, a required really. It, and I mean, now it's just so normal. Like, mm. Hey, we, you know, we're, we want to buy a home this summer. Awesome. The very first thing we do is a buyer consult in our office yeah. and no one has said like, no, that's weird. Yeah. Um, and so we definitely like, it's a lot driven around, um, the financing and, uh -huh. but hopefully that portion has kind of been done for them. And if right. it hasn't, then I tell that same story of yeah. like why this is so important right. that you understand what you're going to pay for. Um, but last year really kind of, um, gave us the opportunity to explain the market because what we were finding happening too often was, you know, they hear what's happening on the news or whatever, sure. but we'd go and they would fall in love with this house. And then we would tell them, okay, well, based on, you know, the numbers of this neighborhood, the last 30 days, they're going 10% over. And they're like, what in the heck? No. And we're so unprepared for that. Yes. And we would have to go through and they're like, no, not this one. So of course, you know, we'd write the offer. However, you know, what is your best offer? Write it. They'd lose it, you know, criteria, and we'd move on. And it was probably about like house number five that they're like, okay, we got it. We've got to offer 10%. Well, guess what? Now it's 15% because you've waited, you waited 60 yeah. days. I mean, she wrote an offer 22% over and still did not get it. How do you, how do you, how have you told her on that because we're dealing with that obviously less now, uh -huh. but but back then, how did you explain to her about because I mean you can't it's no different than listing I think to some extent because mm -hmm. the buyer or the seller in their head has a number that they think it is based off what they're looking at or whatever and even though you've been doing it for twenty years and you have all the professional knowledge and they hired you for that reason they still don't want to listen until they actually they it's like they have to fail several times oh, in yeah. order for them to hear for so sure. how do you like are you have you found a trick to kind of yeah. be able to get over that? Um, so we showed them case studies and they were actual homes that we had sold. Okay. Um, and so like some of them were listings like, Hey, this was a listing that we had and we would try to find it in their price point. Like typically when they're coming in, I know kind of what we're looking for. Right. Um, because they've been pre-qualified. So, um, well, like, we would have, you know, a listing that we just sold and we would be, cause on a listing, you have all the data from that. We got, um, you know, 40 offers. We had one in Woodland West and I use that one as an example for a really long time. It was listed. We our, um, I guess our strategy on the listings was always to list it at what we thought it would appraise for, mm -hmm. right? Which is kind yeah. of like always how we've been doing it. Right. But then telling the sellers, well, based on right now, you know, you'll probably get 10, 15, you know, whatever those numbers were for that neighborhood. But this house was, listed at market value. We had 65 offers. Talk about learning how to do. I'm a like a pro at spreadsheets for wow. that. Yeah, 65. Wow. I finally just told her if it's not above, cash, yeah, if it's not don't. over 300, just don't even put it in the spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of like had to document it for the sellers because we, you know, sure. we want to present everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but 65, that's where we were like, maybe we need to change yeah. the spreadsheet strategy. <laughs> um, but we got 65 and I think of those 65, like five of them were cash, um, over 20% of them were 20% over. Um, and so this is real life house. Like, and I would show them it, the information on the MLS. This is what we listed it for. This is what it closed for. Um, but then the behind the scenes of like, yeah, we did have 65 on this and on this other one, you know, different price point, we had 25 offers. Um, and so that is really where we were able to get buy-in much quicker and yeah. save them you know, four or five homes of tears. Right. Um, that really seemed to work yeah. um, because it was real life yeah. 
you know, information from our market that had just happened. And yeah. so really I was updating that spreadsheet. Um, we also made like a good to great um, offer, I guess kind of another little worksheet, like here's what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then here's how we've been successful in getting offers accepted. Okay. Um, and not every single category could they do. Right. Um, and a lot of it, you know, explaining that if we're offering, cause a lot of them are like, Oh, we'll offer 20% over. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. No, you actually have to have that money in your bank. Yes. And then they were like, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> I don't have that. Yes. Um, so really getting them to understand that portion of it too, like what it appraises, there was so much more education involved right. in these last two years because everyone kind of knows what an appraisal is, but yeah, yeah. you know, we haven't had issues for a long time. And, right. um, so really kind of educating them on, oh, if we are going to offer this, it, you're, you have to guarantee that cash. Right. Um, and so sometimes that wasn't an option for them, but there are other things we can, you know, double our earnest money, double our option, pay title, like do all of these things. And so that was kind of constant. We were listing like crazy. And so we had so much of that information that you, you can't pull that on MLS. Right. Um, and so I was just constantly yeah, updating that spreadsheet. Use, yeah. yeah. Um, of like, okay, we, the 10%, by the time we finally got them to get comfortable with, you know, 10% over, it really had jumped to 15. Yeah. And then in some areas, you know, it went, I mean, that one, I don't remember what it ended up closing out, but she was 22 over, paid everything, guaranteed it. I think we did an appraisal waiver, like mm -hmm. the whole thing and still, you know, didn't get it. Well, and now it's flipped because now right. the listing side of things, because you're dealing with the same, it's, it's a, it's a, a, a symptom of a similar problem in that now you have sellers that we came Now, granted, I think we're far enough into it now that, you know, everybody has a little bit better realistic expectation right. but either way you still have sellers that are like well no no this house is this much and you know the neighborhood is like yeah they sold six months ago okay right. that's not well even months. going back to seller paid um title policy yes you know they're like yeah, yeah. yeah i mean because buyers i mean literally i had never i mean the checkbox has always been there yeah never checked that box that a buyer's ever paid a title policy until until you know, recently, late 20, 2020, yeah, 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 or 2021. Um, and so now that check mark is going back on the seller side, and they're like, no, all, you know, no one's paying that anymore. And I'm like, well, yeah, actually, you are yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they have other options, and they, there's not, and it's not even, I take that back. There's not a bunch of options. There is um, lack of buyers out there. Correct. So you just yeah. have fewer showings and mm -hmm. fewer, you know, you, there's not as many people coming through the house. So the ones that are there, you got to get them while you can. Yeah. Um, Back to the collective living thing a little bit, because I did want yeah. to ask you. So what is it, uh, what was it about that particular setup that attracted you to it, you know, when you were looking to make a change? Like, why was that one the thing that you gravitated to? Yeah, so really control over brand. Um, a couple years ago, uh, it was like on Etsy. It was when I had moved to front, I had like a little Aaron Bergen logo made on Etsy. It was like $25 yeah. and I did my signs and that's one in where, red. Yeah. yeah okay. Everyone was like, Oh my gosh, you have started your own company. I was like, no, I don't know why they think that. <laughs> um, and I have a bunch of threes Enneagram. Do you do the Enneagram? I have no idea what, what that is. Okay. What? We're not, we, that's a whole other podcast. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. Oh, it's what? a personality profile. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, the type okay. thing. Yes, and yes, so, yes. um, your threes are kind of like, well, they're achievers. Okay. So, um, and I have a lot of entrepreneur achiever, yep. you know, um, people in my life and they're like, why, why would you not start your own? Like you, you know, you should, you've been in it for so long. And again, like I just never wanted that responsibility. Sure. Um, I've always loved, I mean, like my experience on a team was so fantastic and any new agent in the business, that's what I tell them is get on a team. Yes. Um, 
I don't care how much you're paying the camaraderie, just the knowledge, the leads, like all of it, it just makes sense for a new agent. Yeah. You have to surround yourself with people that know what they're doing in order to get better at the business. Yeah, you can't absolutely. just be on an island by yourself. For sure. Yeah. Um, and even once you've been doing it a long time, I think because it's yeah. always constantly changing and you got to be around people and you can't just be floating along on your own. Yes. Um, so it was never really kind of on my radar. I, again, I kind of like, I think we maybe talked about this pre-show where, um, I liked taking my clients from the buyer consultation all the way to being at closing with them. Yep. Um, if there's something wrong with the paperwork, like I did that a lot, uh, a long time myself. Um, but then once she came in, like she wasn't having as much interaction with a client. Like I always wanted them to call me, right. you know, when you already have title and lender involved, um, throwing, you know, another coordinator, you know, so she, she was very kind yeah. of behind the scenes. Right. Um, that was just how in my, in my world, me being a, you know, a, a buyer or seller, that's how I would want it done. Right. And, and there's a, a gazillion different ways. One's not better than the other, but that's what I wanted for my clients. Yeah. I wanted just a really high level. Um, and so that's why I've always just kind of ruled out brokerage. Um, but having the brand identity, like that's just such a big thing now right. as far as marketing goes, um, which has been really fun. Like the social media part of it, like just really embracing that, um, but wanted just a little bit more control as far as, well, I won't use any brokerage as an example, but sure. you know, you have well, banana, you do banana things, real estate right, right. and you and I can both be there and, and market ourselves completely different. Right. Um, and so again, like I wanted everything, like, I don't know if elegance is the right word, but just like, you had a certain style you I wanted did. to present. And yeah. I, yeah. And, um, well you have to present yourself in a way that you attract that type of client, right? Correct. I mean, if exactly. you want to be a luxury living type agent, then you need to present yourself in a luxury. You can't, yes. you can't roll around a goose t-shirt. Right. You know, like that's, that's not how that works. Uh, yeah. well, that is one thing I noticed about you when we first met years ago, um, that you were doing before. Cause like right now, if you go on Instagram or, or Facebook or TikTok or anything like there's, I mean, it depends on what world you create for yourself, but there's realtors and lender. I mean, everybody's doing social media right. I mean, or at least some version of it. And there's a lot of people doing it. Not everybody, more people should. But, um, what I noticed about you was that you were doing that on a pretty regular, consistent basis before it became the thing that everybody needed to do. Not, not that there weren't, I mean, you weren't the first one, but right. I'm just saying no. in, in our area that I saw, especially because you had taken the idea of owning your market specifically mm -hmm. with Pantigo right. and you were doing the community, going to the bakery and going to the shop and talking to the, and I like, I thought that was brilliant because, um, you know, when you can endear yourself to a community, whether it be business owners or whether it be, uh, people that you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, that isn't just, Hey, I'm a realtor. Hey, I'm a realtor. Hey, I'm a realtor all the time that's how you grow a business. You don't grow a business by constantly, you know, it's like, I'll see the posts online now about call me to buy or sell your home, you know, or, or, you know, I'm, I'm here to take your referrals or whatever. Right. And it's like, you know, that have they not work. taken a single class? <laughs> yes. Like that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you have to give something of value. And that's something that you did from the very beginning was giving something of value to the people that you were interacting with. So what was it that that puts you in a place where you're like, I need to do this. Like what, what was the trigger for you on that? Yeah, it was a total accident. Oh, really? really? Okay. Yeah. Because I, I think I've just always loved community yeah. and, um, I really do love Pantigo. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love the business owners there. And so 
really, I think it actually came from, I'm the one that could work technology. Uh, yeah. um, because so we had a Pantigo business alliance, they still meet. Um, and they had these ideas of like doing mini commercials or whatever, but most of them were like, what? Yeah, um, and so Zoe, actually, I don't even know that you were the one videoing then. We would go and, and they were so long, Mike, they're painful now. Yes. They're like yes. five minute long yes. YouTubes. Yes. Um, but like all the little stores and all the little restaurants and um, I, I was really just like helping them. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of like the host of yeah, it. Yeah. It was just like, okay, they, here, here's what I love about their store, but yeah. you know, show us around, tell us like what you guys have. And um, we just recently did um, 20, Oh God, it was, so we celebrated 20 years, my 20 years in real estate. And so we did 20 days of giveaways, but we highlighted just all the businesses, all the businesses. in Pantigo yeah. or like things that, I, things that I love. Yeah, sure, um, sure. And really did that because I want to give back to those yeah. um, and, and not just the companies, but my, you know, following on Instagram, my clients, my friends. Yeah. Um, and that had just way more impact than you would ever think it would. Well, the so. authenticity of it, and that's the thing these days, especially, and I'm sure your generation is is seeing this more and more, is that um, doing things because you really want to do them, not because you're trying to. It's not. It's not a means to an end, right? You're you're like, no, I actually want to do this. Um, is is really what comes across and gives value to people? Because when you go into that business and you talk to the business owner and you show their place, you're doing that because you want to learn about it. You like going there, you enjoy it. Um, and then all you're doing is adding a layer of, well, I'm going to, if I'm going to do this anyway, then I'm going to, I'm going to use this passion that I have. And I want to help, you know, I want to help this business owner. And if that helps me at the same time, then great. Right. And there's, there's a reciprocation that happens there. And if you go in and, and this is the reason that you've stuck with it, because I think that's where, where a lot of agents lose sight of things because they get to a place where, okay, I'm going to do this particular marketing you know, whatever, whatever gimmick they want to run. Right. And then when that gimmick doesn't immediately bear fruit, which usually it doesn't, then they quit and they give up on it and then they move on to something else. And the consistency of something has to be there in order for it to be effective. And if you don't care about it and have a passion for it, then you're not going to be consistent with it. For so sure. you have to have that real desire. No, I actually want to talk to this business and I want to go in here and I want to meet this business owner and I want to help them because I like it. It makes me feel good. Not because I think if somebody sees this, they're going to call me to list my house. Yeah. Right? Social media really, um, both from just like a engagement, mm -hmm. but also from listing advertisement perspective, that's a full-time job. Yes. And so when we got real busy, especially with listings, I immediately was like, I cannot do this yeah. anymore. Um, and so lucky to have someone like close to me, um, like start that business. Yeah. And so she's been with us for several years. Um, I have a lot of the, so you have somebody that does. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So I have a lot of the creative ideas. And uh, then of course, like we shoot our own videos, you know, we don't yeah. have doubles of ourselves. But, yeah. Um, but then I send that to her and she's the one that makes it beautiful. Yes. Um, that's I'm the hardest part. Definitely honestly. not going to pretend that I can do all the things because yeah. that really is, you know, a big part of real estate is realizing like, what are your strengths or really any job? Like yeah. what are your strengths? And it's not that it wasn't, well, she definitely is better at it than me. Yeah. And I am terrible with words. Oh, yeah. we're not I can say them. <laughs> yeah. Neither one of us. I passed that gene along. Um, yeah. Captions you know, we'll, we'll shoot the video. We'll talk forever. Like we can yeah. definitely do that part. What do we say in the, yeah. what words do we put on this? No clue. Yes. Um, and so Rachel is, that is her gift. Yes. Um, and she knows us well. And so, cause that's the other thing I, there's a lot of companies out there that will do that for you. Um, and then you're like, I don't think that 
that's that person. No. And not that I want everyone to like, oh, this is all me by any means, but it does need to reflect you. Well, you so, have a you have an idea of what you're trying to do and yeah. what you're the message you're trying to bring across. And if you give it off to somebody who you don't know and they don't know you, it's not that they. I mean, wrong. I've experienced that myself because doing this podcast, um, I started. Like my very first one, I think I was sitting in that room over there and I was sitting on a stool with like a roofer, my buddy Cody. And we were, I was like, Hey, will you do this thing with me? And he's like, uh, yeah, sure, man, whatever. You know? So we're sitting there and it's like really not awkward, but it was, you know, I kind of knew what I want to do. We were just talking. It was fine. Um, cause I can talk a lot, but, um, but it wasn't, there was nothing polished about it whatsoever. Right. And, but it was one of those things like, well, I just got to start because I'm not a uh, you know, when it comes to social media, you're not going to see me like pointing at stuff as it rolls down and right. like doing it. That's just not my style. Right. But, but I can talk and I can have a conversation with somebody and I can, we can talk about, you know, really important things. I'm terrible at the networking stuff. Like if you ever see me at like a networking meeting, I'm probably just found one person. Painful. I'm talking to that one person. Cause I can't talk about the weather and whatever it drives me crazy. But, <laughs> but my point is, is that I found this avenue of doing this thing and I don't get wrapped up in how many people see it or, you know, what, what the downloads are or whatever. I mean, it's, it's getting better, but I, I don't, it's not something I care about that much, but what it is, is I will consistently do it right. because I like to do it and I enjoy do it. The hard part though, is that I have hours of content, hours of content, and there is so much that I can do with it to cut it up and put yes. it into micro content and all that stuff. But man, that takes a Tedious. lot of time. Mm -hmm. And just even I've gotten better lately at like when we'll finish up here, I'll go home and I'll put this in a couple places and then I'll go through and I'll watch it again. And then I'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll take little clips that I think, okay, we talked about this topic here and I'll put it there. Talk about this. So, so I've got three or four minute clips, which I can do that, but then it's, the, the front side of the edit, the back side of the edit, the, the captions, the, you know, the zooms and the cuts and all that kind of stuff, which gets really, really tough. And when you're trying to do mortgages too, or sell real estate, right. and like this that's is not your our job. job. No, yeah. no, you have well, to find people. And then it's changing every day. And yes. that was really where I found huge value in piecing that part out was, you know, the algorithms. Yeah. I mean, like you even said, one o'clock's a great time for this. Yeah. Um, that could change next Changes week. all the time. Yeah. I can't, I cannot spend my time making sure I'm keeping up with that. And yes. so, um, especially for our listings, like that's, we get a lot of views, a lot, a lot of people come to our open houses and things because they've seen it on, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Well, yeah. I really don't even know. I mean, you know, I, at one time events were doing really good. Yeah. Um, but then Rach was telling me last week that, that that has changed and now it's something else and it changes have, all i don't time. have time for that and so yeah definitely huge value in in our business when we added her so zoe because you spend because you're younger and um i'm sure not because i'm not i don't mean this in like you spend all your time on social media but i'm just saying <laughs> okay all right well fair enough uh, but that is i mean look we've grown up here right i, I had a conversation with somebody uh, last week um She's from uh, Tennessee and she's 25 years old and she's a Gen Z guru or whatever, um, or has positioned herself that way. And um, you guys have been raised with social media and you've been raised with phones and you've been raised in this world that we were not a part of at all when we grew up. So even though we've adapted, right, you know, in, in what, what year were you born? Not to 81. 81. Okay. I'm a little I'm old. Still young. I'm 78. <laughs> so, but we were born in a time where there were no phones or were no, you know, uh, uh, internet. There was none of that stuff. We were out, you know, till the sun or till the lights came on or whatever, but you guys have been under this surveillance world essentially, because we can watch every move everywhere you go all the time. So you're just used to it. 
Like, this is just what you have. So what, what do you think like with, from your generation, um, when you look at the importance of social media and being involved with that and just, I mean, y'all are the first couple ones when I do my things that actually shared, you know, the <laughs> stories and stuff, because people that I bring on, they just don't think about it because it's like, but, but if you want to get traction on this stuff, that's the thing you got to do. So what have you tried to convince? I didn't mom? know how people knew about this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody texted me yesterday. I was like, it's cause she oh. shared it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's where a lot of like my business comes from is because people my age, my friends see everything I post on Instagram and social media and things like yeah. that, because that's what they want to see. Like even a new food place or a boutique, like I won't go to the internet and look it up. I'm going to go on their Instagram yeah. and look at their pictures. And, and if they don't like have that, an Instagram, then, then don't go there. Then don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and that's crazy because we, you know, like I think even, I think even your generation doesn't even use, do y'all even use Yelp at all? Like, is if, that I, a thing? if I need to do a bad review, <laughs> like if you're just mad, you're just like, oh, oh my gosh. My gosh. it's true. I'll download it, do my bad review <laughs> and then kick it off. Right. Cause I, that was something that, that Allie that I had last week said, she said that if they're looking for a place to go eat or whatever, that they go to TikTok or Instagram to yeah. see if they can find. And I never even like, that's never even crossed my mind. Do you even yeah, do TikTok for sure. They'll post all the new, um, food places, like everything. We don't use TikTok that much. No. Well, and that's another I think thing. It's going to go away. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I know the the whole China thing or whatever, yeah. but but Google gets way more information on you than TikTok does. For sure. Okay. Uh, to and they're they're involved in in everything. The difference is in that situation is Google is a U.S. company and TikTok is a Chinese based company, and they are taking Google's money, and so Google's mad about Bye. that, and so they are trying to get them out. Um, not that it's good or bad. I'm just saying yeah. that that's the circumstance. But um, but. No, you can go down rabbit holes with all of that. And yes. that's really why we kind of, and she may, I, I don't know. Are you on Well, that's what I say. I TikTok, mean, I TikTok that, they like, use TikTok, like TikTok, yeah. they don't go to Google. Right. They use mm -hmm. TikTok. Yeah. Do you right? put your real estate stuff on there? Um, Every once in a while. Yeah. I'm mainly Instagram, but I'll try and do TikTok. But I'm just saying when they're looking for something, mm -hmm. right? No. Yeah. If you're yeah. looking for a topic or you want to know about, you know, if you were mm -hmm. trying to buy a house and you wanted to know about, you know, what, what do I need to know about a real estate transaction? They're going to go to TikTok. For sure. Yeah. I needed new Google. pots and pans I, on TikTok the other day. I said, best pots and pans from Amazon. <laughs> ordered it. I mean. Well, then you need to be putting more stuff on there. That's, that's true. That's the. I just, for my sake, you know, it's like you got to pick at. Yes. You can't be. A, you cannot be open. all things no, to. No, no, yeah. No. Yeah. So and that's I where Instagram has be been your lane. Um, yes. And I think you've done a great job with Thank that on, on growing that. And, and that's where um, I think it's important. You know, and, and I'd like you to speak to that on on agents trying to do all things to everybody. And, I, you know, you need to be focused, whether it be buyers, agent, listeners. I mean, there's a little bit of balance there. But but, you know, if you're trying to be everything DFW or you're trying right. to be everything, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn. So why do you think it's so important that you have to focus on one area and get really good at that? Yeah. So years ago, it was kind of described as, as like a SEAL team, right, where. I, I like am hyper-focused on like Pantigo, the ON3. Of oh. course, now, like, we're listing one in um, Burleson this week, yeah. and we'll go other areas, but, like, we were just talking about Frisco. I have partnered with an awesome agent. She's fantastic at Frisco, you know, McKinney, like, all that area. A, it's a really far drive for me. Yes. B, it is changing so much that competency Comes is issue. just not there. Like. Yep. In Arlington, if I if you tell me where you want your kids to go to school, I know exactly what neighborhoods. Yes, um, and they get funky in Arlington. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, people have bought in Wimbledon, thinking that their kids are going to go to Martin, and they're on the wrong side of the Wimbledon, and they're yeah. going to Mansfield, and that's yeah. a real mess. If so, a 
Briscoe agent isn't going to have any clue. Right. And in fact, that particular listing, I think, was incorrect on MLS. But you know what? When the deal is done, it doesn't matter what MLS yeah. says. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think obviously being fully engaged in real estate, we still have a huge percentage of agents that are part time. Um, and I just I. For someone who's getting in the business, I just always discourage them from even thinking that that's possible right. um, from it. I mean, the last year. Well, Zoe just had one this week where it was listed at like 11 o'clock in the afternoon and it said offers due at 10 p.m. Well, if you're working a full-time job, you're probably not even going to be able to show that house until five or six. How are you going to get an offer in? Right. Um, you probably haven't written one in a while, so it's going to take you even longer, right? Like you're just out of practice of all of that. And yeah. so. So whoever wrote that doesn't have a real good understanding of how. Right, how right. But I just, it's, it's just hard. I think this business looks really fun, right? You've got yes. Selling Sunset and Joanna Gaines and, you know, just all these fun people. But this business really is not about showing homes. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's like, I just want to make it look like. I just love homes. And I'm like, yeah, um, me too. But it's, it's just so, so much more than that. And that's one thing that we were talking about at lunch is just when she was saying like she went to school or, you know, you get your real, you go through your courses. Yeah. Well, that's not it teaches you absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, nice. you have to find the client, yeah. you know, and for her, like there's been some discouragement there because she is young. I mean, yeah. I was young. Um, well, I everybody mean, has to start somewhere. I mean, you, Terry you, was like, you need to go to the gap and look older. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so I did, I tried to like look older, um, you know, because as much knowledge, like people still have to trust you. Yeah. Um, but I was like, sister, you are learning this a, just being in homes, showing the amount of homes that she shows is probably more than, you know, 10 part-time agents in a year. Yeah. Um, and again, like with people not previewing, so she's in the property, she's seeing the pricing. I make her do her own CMAs. Um, she's learning all of that. And then, I mean, her, all her friends are graduating. They're all getting their, you know, big girl, big boy jobs. Yes. Um, and then she's going to be the one that is They're gonna ready. They're going to get to her for you. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, and, and so it's just kind of being patient with that. Yeah. And I think that's where um, it, it's harder when you're younger because you get the, you know, the old folk. Oh, I've been doing this. I know more than you've ever forgotten. You know, that oh, whole thing She already thing knows happens. that she knows more than most. I mean, yes. <laughs> she's come up against some oldies, but goodies and, and just technology, you know, like you got to keep moving along and yeah. learning this stuff. And yeah. Well, and you're going to position yourself in a good spot because your generation are buying homes and, and they're, I mean, I had something the other day I read, it was like the pace at which now granted it's changed because the market has changed so much, but, but up until the last eight months or whatever, Gen Z had purchased more homes as a percentage of a generation than even Gen X, you right. know, like we're a part of. So, or I guess, are you a millennial technically? Like I'm like on the border. Fair so I say no. Um, <laughs> But, but it's the percentage of Gen Z that is, that are purchasing and buying homes is much, is greater than it was for, for Gen X, you know, generation come through. So um, now granted that has, at the time rates were low and there's a lot more inventory and all that kind of stuff, but it's still, it's a desire. And I get frustrated. I don't know if you ever see these things because I think it's, I have a conspiracy brain if you haven't watched any mm -hmm. of my stuff that I do, but um, I get frustrated with the news media because they make it sound like millennials and Gen Z, they don't want to own homes. They right, want to live right. in apartments and condos and they want to be communal and all this other stuff. And I'm like, that's true for any young person before you have kids, right? Right. When you don't have kids and now granted the generations are having kids later. So that's part of it. But, um, but if you don't have children, then yeah, you want to go party and hang out and do hang out with your friends. Cause that's your world. But the moment the kids show up, 
you want to get away from all that stuff. Right. And you want to have your own place and you want to have your own spot. And you don't want Billy banging on your door, or, you know, mm -hmm. on your wall next to you telling he wants to come over and have a few drinks. Like that's not what they want. And, but it get this idea gets perpetuated out there, but it's going against it because your generation is buying homes because they're like, no, I want to have my own place. Yeah. So something that she's constantly saying too, is like, I'm just throwing away money every month. Yeah. Um, and so I think they are a little bit more budget like minded and, um, well, they went through well, the Well, they also want to recession. retire younger than yes. we have all been retiring and really enjoy life. Yeah. Um, and so they see home ownership as a path to doing all of that quicker. Yeah. She well, is closing on her first house hey, tomorrow. All right. Congratulations. Thank Heck you. Yeah. 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 Friend or was it, uh, where'd you get, what, is it a listing or a buy or what? How'd you get Oh, it? no, no, no. Her own house. Oh, your yeah. house. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting. Yeah. Then. Okay. We share a fence now. Very nice. Oh, okay. She's going to live behind Next door. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, hey, no. <laughs> you want to have some drinks? <laughs> She's going to be knocking on the fence, right? We're right, getting right. a gate put in. Uh, well, hey, you got to look, that's the we're close enough, but we can have our own space. And we right. don't need to be on top of each yes. other. I think that's awesome. I, yeah. I hope. My, and so does my wife. She hopes our daughter wants to do that one day as well. Um, I don't know if she will, but I think she's going to run far away. But um, so real quick, because we're we're almost an hour into this thing. It goes by fast, right? Um, I do want to get your thoughts on the housing market in general. OK, so we've gone through. Like we talked about earlier, all these iterations of, you know, um, home prices up and down, rates up and down. But one of the things that has not occurred that everybody was talking about forever was that this crash was going to happen and all these prices were going to come down. And if you just wait, it'll get better. And it hasn't. And in Texas, actually, the peak of home prices were in June of 2022. And we are up almost one, not quite one percent, but we're up almost one percent now. With right, rates at seven and eight percent from last year, mm -hmm. so they've done nothing but go up. Now they haven't gone up at the same clip, thank goodness. Right. But they're still right. going up, and so and I don't see any builds coming on the horizon. I don't see the inventory showing up unless there is just massive job losses and foreclosures that happen, which there's no indication of that yet. You know, anything can happen. But um, what do you think? Where's the market going? Where what is it going to look like when you know Zoe's ready to buy her next house or when my 15 year old is ready to buy like where are we going to be yeah so wouldn't we all love the answer yes. but so obviously rates are playing into our slower market sure. right now but it's so funny any listing appointment i go to um a lot of older people recently they're like well we when we bought our first house it was 18 percent." and so i think the media is playing such a big role in these sideline buyers yes. um they are terrified by what is being said so that's why we like i've been putting out to all of our clients and on social media like if it's in your thoughts that you might want to buy let's do a buyer consultation yeah. i mean obviously we don't charge anything for it we just yeah. want to educate you and so then we can kind of take some of those lies um and help you know explain like what they're actually meaning when they say that and get them with a lender who can you know maybe it's not waiting till it comes down to five percent maybe they can afford it at six percent and seeing what that number looks like i also really as far as like affordable housing um i also just think that we're just like over consuming Yes. Yes. Our home's expensive. Well, I, mean, I bought thing. my first home at 160,000, but I was also making like half of what. Well, you, when you say the, the older person that says that the rates were 18%, that's right. They were, mm -hmm. but that house that they bought that's for 18% was, like was $60,000. Right. And back in 1955, and this was, this is something I get off on all the time is if I had my family, there was four of us, me, my wife, my two kids, I could work a solo job by myself. 
my wife could stay home with my children and, and help them, you know, because that's part of issue with society i think as a whole is that both we have a lot of two working working, working. and nobody's mm -hmm. raising their kids because mm -hmm. they have to work because you have to right you don't have choice right because back then i could i could have my job i could have a pension i could have insurance yep. i could have all the stuff that i needed and my wife could stay home and take care of our kids and my kids could go to, i could pay for their college i could buy them cars i could do all that stuff on my one single income right. because because it was affordable and nowadays it's not but you know? were you eating out every meal? No, no, right. you, weren't. you weren't. But but the food budget is much, you know, that's a small part of it because I don't know about that. Well, so I, I read something. <laughs> I read something. This was last year. So they did a study from 1990. It was from 1995 to 2015. So it was 20, 20 years. OK. Mm -hmm. And the average price they did, it was homes, cars, education. Um, and there was one other thing. Um, but the average price of a house had gone up 350%. And it, they, they, there's no inflation. They just said, yeah, if you just yeah. take inflation completely out of it, the average cost of education had gone up like 500%. The average cost of a car had gone up like 280% or something like that. But income on average had mm -hmm. gone up less than 100% over that period of time. So people's imbalance. incomes, is it's an imbalance. Everything's mm -hmm. getting more expensive, which is why, I mean, we have more debt People have more credit card debt and debt right now than we've had at any point in history because we're still living the same life that we were living when money was flowing heavily and now it's starting to contract and everything's much more expensive. And instead of slowing down your lifestyle, we're still spending, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying, again, it's good, bad, whatever, it's just what it is. Right. And it's unfortunate because the cost of homes have gotten so prohibitive for a lot of people because the starter home, like you said, I bought my house was $130,000 mm -hmm. and this was in 2004 in offshore wood in Arlington, right yeah. there by the lake, nice neighborhood. It yeah. was 1400 square feet, perfect little house for my family. It was awesome. That's a, there's, the, the, there's no, no way you're not yeah. finding that today. Yeah. You know? Well, and the ones that are like, we're going to list a home in Burleson for two fifty two fifty five. Mm -hmm. Um, it'll get snagged by an investor. Yeah. And, and my sellers are really actually being conscious of like, Hey, we'd love to actually sell, sell to this person. to a family. Yeah. yeah. And so that'll be something, I mean, if they want to know that, you know, the seller name is on the contract. Yeah. yeah. Um, now that doesn't always mean that that family won't then turn around and rent it, but well, money's um, money. You yeah. know what I mean? At but the end we of the can day. definitely, you know, cash, whatever LLC, yes. this is an investor that's going to rent this property. Yeah. And, and that I think is playing a huge role into our, our issue, especially for the first time home buyer. The Dallas morning news did an article uh, about mm -hmm. three months ago, maybe. Yep. And, and I actually, Amy was on here. We talked about this a little bit and I don't know you know, where they get these numbers and how accurate right. it is. But it was like, they, they said that 50% of the homes in Tarrant County were sold to entities and not individuals mm -hmm. in 2022. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's even insane. something like on a very small scale in Pantego, like I'm just trying to educate Yeah. Um, because we are a very, we're an older community yeah. um, and these people built these homes and they are still living in them. Yes. Um, and so in fact, the home that she's buying, the owner passed away in December. A lot of families, these kids are like, oh, we'll just dump it off to, you know, whoever will just give us quick cash. Well, they don't understand what that means for that neighborhood. Yes. And these people were, I mean, these kids did grow up in the neighborhood. So not that I have to list it, although I'd love to. Um, <laughs> but that's why it's so know, imperative. What get you were it saying, on the market. You yeah. got to buy a house, like regardless of the price, you have to figure out how to get it home. Like right. really and truly, yeah. would you agree? I mean, other, the, of the ones in Pantico that sold this year that were under like 325, half of them as soon as the first sale sign came the out, a for rent sign came in. I was just yes. <sighs> crushed by it yes. um, because, you know, it changes the neighborhood mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. um, so 
But that's why we have to educate people on the importance of why, you know, when they say, well, you'll know the answer to this, you may not know. Um, when's the best time to buy a house, Aaron? <laughs> Today, yesterday, yes. anytime right now, because right. you can't control where rates are going to go. You can't control where prices are going to go, which if you look at the chart for homes, it's just like this. It right. doesn't, you know, there's a little bit of this, but it's always on the way up. Yeah. And it's our job in this industry doing things like this to help people understand, like, I know it's expensive. I know that it, it's, you know, rent is less, but it's, we're moving in a direction that home ownership is going to be so prime for individuals, especially if you want to grow wealth. Because right. when I bought uh, my first house in, on Shorewood, I bought it right before the crash. Mm -hmm. I bought it in 2004 and I sold it in 2009, like worst time to possibly sell the house, yep. right? I bought it for Still 130. I sold it for 135. In the worst market that Dang. there possibly was, yeah. I sold it for five thousand more than I bought it. Then the next house I bought, which was in Mansfield, I bought for one hundred and ninety thousand. We did put a pool in, but five years later, we sold it for over three hundred thousand dollars. Right, so you can't. There is no other avenue right now, unless you're gambling in the stock market and things, that you can put money in a place and get the value and return on your money over a longer period of time than real estate. Would yeah. you agree with that? Yeah. Well, and and being from Southern California and seeing like what happened there mm -hmm. in the early 2000s. In fact, my two best friends from elementary school both live in DFW now because we're so affordable. Yes. And so then it's kind of hard to say like, yeah, no, other I mean, places I, I it's way it. worse. If, if we're comparing to other parts of the country, like we are very affordable. Um, and like even just talking to her about it the last couple of years, it's make changes in your life. Yes. Um, she, now because she is buying a home, you know, she's put it out there. You know, we've been sharing stories on the inspection. And of course, the worst inspection I've had in like <laughs> years and years and years. Never had asbestos on an inspection. Of course. Of Didn't course. appraise, like all the issues. Yes. Um, but so her friends are like, well, wait a second. I, you know, like I want to buy a house, yeah. um, but they also want to eat every meal out. Yes. And so it's, it's making sacrifice. You know, we don't really live in a um, world of sacrifice right now. And so I, I think it's still Everybody possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if we have time. Do we have time no, for my quick little, yeah, yeah. so embrace, embrace grace is a ministry I've been involved in for um, uh, several years. And that's a ministry for um, single single women experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. Okay. But then we also kind of take that to uh, like once they've had their babies, like single and parenting. Um, and so I think we're, we've been doing this for about seven years though now. So like our youngest baby, like when mom was pregnant is now seven. Um, in fact, it was our very first mom that came to the group. Um, she is a teacher, single mom, no child support. Um, and so many of them have the goal of home ownership, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I mean, when I was, single mom and you know young and it, i was not thinking about buying a house no, i'm no, thinking about surviving, surviving the day yes yeah. you're trying to get through and yes. so after years and years of kind of mentoring these women like this past semester we just talked about like big dreams like yeah. life dreams yeah. and um home ownership was one of them for or one of the goals for a lot of the women and um but then they were very quickly defeated by like well i'm never going to be able to have 20 percent down i'm like we need to buy our console you do not need 20 percent out um you know i'm just never going to be able to do it yeah. well that very first mom um jalicia is her name um she purchased a home single mom all those things like no partner no uh child support right teacher um now she was she is in the reserve so i know that there's like some financial compensation there but um there's not much, but she not, straight told dramatic. these other girls, like I, I was ready to, you know, mom up and well, you know, we got to, where can we cut and 
all of those things. And she's like, you know, I, I don't get Starbucks. I have a used car uh, that she's paid off. Like she doesn't yep. have a car payment and all of these. And she bought a $325,000 house. Yeah. Well, so it's possible. Absolutely. And that's the thing that your, your generation actually, I think, because when the old folks talk about these kids these days, I'm like, you know what? The kids these days have a better grasp on their finances than, I mean, I was never taught this as a kid. My parents didn't teach me this stuff. And I think you guys, because you went through that crash where you saw, you know, the parents struggling and people, you're like, I'm not going to get myself into that situation. Like I'm going to do everything I can to save and not spend. I mean, granted, there's always, you know, extremes on both sides of people to do, but yeah. I think as a whole, I think the Gen Z generation is becoming more and more fiscally responsible because they've seen what it leads to if you're not. Yeah. And, and I think that that's great. And it's going to give more opportunities for you guys to be able to buy homes and have more available to you so you can actually grow and build wealth over your life as opposed to spending every nickel you have and living paycheck to paycheck and being in debt because you just can never get out of that hole. But if you don't have somebody showing you how to do that, then it's a very difficult thing to do. And I think that ministry that you're running is fantastic because that's the biggest gap between the haves and the have nots is just the education of how right. to get there. Because yes. if you can show people how to get there, anybody can do it. Right. Um, you just have to know how and you got to know the path. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a hoarder of money. What made you that way? Um, I like seeing it in my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I also good. love to spend my money, but I know the you have you've saved a lot of money. Just just on things that you feel important, right? It's yeah. putting the importance on the things that I you think find. a lot of those things are not important. No, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, we all like the new right shoes. Yes. We want to go to the fancy new restaurants. Yes. yes. TikTok but makes us spend too much. Yeah. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. Well, um, ladies, I really appreciate y'all coming in and sitting down, chat with me for a little bit. Um, it's always fun to, um, you know, hear the stories that you have about people and their experiences, especially in our local market here. So, um, so I do appreciate your time. Um, is there anything before we go that you just want to say or leave with, or, you know, anything that we didn't talk about that you want to discuss? Anything, no. anything you want to leave think, people with? I think we kind of, I mean, well, yeah. So I think one of the questions I get a lot, in fact, people have been sending me message on, on Instagram is like, you know, you're so successful. Zoe's doing so great and all these things. And there are a lot of tears behind the scenes. I yes. mean, we, we make it look great. I, I think we do. I think, <laughs> um, we need some more behind the scenes bloopers, um, which she, she does actually do a pretty good job of posting when I make a mistake. <laughs> she loves to, you know, both, both my kids. Love to post those. <laughs> well, but, like I said, we're the dumb people, but right? we are still uh, human. We make a lot of mistakes. We're just trying to learn and grow. And um, well, no success is ever accomplished without a bunch of mistakes. Like you said earlier, yeah. every slide in your buyer's presentation right, is from a, mistake a mistake that was made yeah. Yeah. and nobody's perfect and nobody is uh, ever going to be perfect. All you can do is keep trying your best and learning and then sharing what you know, you know, to help people out, everybody else, because otherwise, um, you know, what are we here for? Right. Right. Yeah. So, all right, well, ladies. You. Well, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, I appreciate y'all coming in and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Adios. All right, there we go. It goes by fast.